welcome to Literature for Life, the podcast where I talk to our wonderful guest about a story that they love, a story that means a lot to them or that has had a significant impact on them. My name is Jess and I am a writer and a blogger and a person who loves to learn about the lives and experiences of others. Um, my guest today is Nicola Pinto. She is a writer, a mother, a tech enthusiast and a keen cook. Nicola, welcome. Hi Jess, thanks for having me on. Um, oh, it's so great to be able to come on and chat about books. <laughs> Yay, this is my jam. So you're very welcome in this space to talk about books. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good, yeah, I've had a relaxing day off work. Um, had a chance to go through back my um go through my book journal and uh remind myself why I love this book <laughs> um and yeah I've just um been pretty chilled sort of uh doing stuff around the house um putting some food in the slow cooker <laughs> love really slow organized cooker. for a change <laughs> yes love a batch cook love a slow cooker um you please can you tell me about your book journal ah so um I I kind of stumbled across this great um, stationery company, um, Martha Brook, on Instagram. And, um, you know, I, I kind of love it. It's uh, started by a, a lady who uh, quit her kind of corporate job and started a stationery business because she basically just loves stationery. Yes. Um, and um, they do these amazing personalised notebooks um, and, well, all different kinds of stationery. And she's also an avid reader herself. So um, they decided to create a book journal, and I never, I never really knew I needed a book journal in my life until I got one. <laughs> and and now I love it. You can sort of colour off the, the at the start of the books that you've you've read, um, and you can easily just sort of put down the things that you loved about the book, um, and whether it was an audio book or um, you uh, actually read a paperback copy, um, and you can put down your favourite quotes. Um, and sort of recommendations on who should read the book and things like that and it's 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 great because you can go back and think oh I really love that book but after some time you forget why <laughs> so yeah it's great um so yeah it's a little ritual for me now and it's made me want to read more <laughs> and track you know I might try and set a a goal to read five books this year so I can just check up on track I definitely need a book journal in my life because I read books and then I completely forget that I've read them or <laughs> what they're about or you know all the all the nice little bits that I like about them I also tend to give my books to my friends I say that I'm lending them and then I just never ask for them back so I'm like oh this book's amazing you've absolutely got to read this book and then I'll never see that book again <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I've forgotten about the book and they've given it away um it's quite ironic actually because Starting this little series of podcasts, um, which I forgot to mention in my intro because I'm incredibly well organized with this, is part of the Femon Podcast Collective. Um, but chatting to people about the books that have had significant impacts on them has made me think about, okay, well, what what would I talk about if 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 I was to be the guest on my own podcast and I have absolutely no idea <laughs> because I've forgotten half the books that I read. Yeah. Oh, I, I, there was a book that immediately came to mind when, when I'm 
when I was asked to do this. Um, and it, it was White Teeth uh, by Sadie Smith. And um, the trouble is I read that, I, I still remember the impact it had on me, but I read it such a long time ago. I, I wasn't able to kind of answer all the questions without sort of reading it again. So this is a recent favorite that I'm gonna talk about tonight. So what that means is um, give it sort of, you know, a year and then you can be back on here because you'll have read, you know, you can read White Teeth again yeah. and you can come back on the podcast and yes. we can just have this conversation <laughs> again, talking about yeah. White Teeth. Perfect. So <laughs> before we go on to talk about the book, um, I've given our uh, lovely listeners a very brief introduction to who you are, but I think it would be great if you could um, introduce yourself. Oh, great. I'm Nicola Emmett. Um, sorry, Nicola Pinto. I'm Nicola Pinto. Um, and uh, I am an aspiring children's book writer um, from Hemel Hempstead in Hertfordshire. Um, I'm mum to two young boys um, who uh, have me reading all kinds of uh, picture books and chapter books, usually about uh, space and um, dogs and, um, you know, various things. Um, so, um, yeah, I get inspired um, by them quite a lot in, in what I write and also uh, my Indian heritage. Um, so, yeah, that comes through in my writing. Um, and I love to cook. Um, I think I'm quite a homebody, actually. I do I do love, you know, settling down, watching some Netflix um, or I think, you know, an ideal day off. Uh, if if, uh, if I have time off and the, the kids are uh, not in the house, they're at school or something, is to like settle down with a book um, yes. and just sort of, you know, get that relaxation in and everything else in the world stops and you just have that moment. So, yeah, it's a bit about me. There's nothing quite like getting real cosy with a really good book. And I like to do it when it when when there's not really much going on around me. So like if it's quite silent, I'm in a nice like quiet space. Um, I've got like a thick blanket on. It's probably like a Saturday or Sunday morning, and it's just it's just such a safe, cozy, comfortable place. Um, I just think it's one of life's most simple joys. I mean, I sound. <laughs> I sound like such a cliche but I I 110% believe believe it um so yeah I totally I totally get what you mean um I'm I'm really interested to um hear that you're an aspiring children's book writer um and I think before we pressed record today we started talking about um like actually how challenging that can be um and and I just want to I just want to say that um, I think it's so cool that you are writing children's books. I'd absolutely love to read one um, whenever it's ready to be read, um, especially because I've I don't have kids of my own and I don't interact with kids very often. So when I do, I genuinely don't know how to how to speak to them. <laughs> So my I've got I've got two young cousins and I've watched them sort of grow up and because they live they live sort of the other side of the world. So when I see them, it's like in three year increments and I never quite know how to adjust yeah. <laughs> my communication style with them. So they'll be like, you know, they were like nine. And I was like, gosh, that's a, that's a 
pretty dress you're wearing and they were like what are you on about and I was like I'm so sorry I don't know what to say to you quickly adjusted but it's knowing how to interact with kids and therefore knowing how to write for kids I think is such an incredible skill that not everybody can master yeah and I I think uh I think all adults should sort of there's there's some fantastic children's literature out there now some really interesting authors um uh, like Maz Evans is one of my my favorites she's um she's written a whole sort of series of um uh spy inspired children's books um uh called Vi Spy is one of them and um and I think that's it in children's book literally anything can happen um you know you've got magical realism you've got uh animals that you know uh, fantasy science fiction it all happens and it can all happen you know in the space the pace is so much faster as well the story moves so much faster because children do not have the same attention span and um yeah so it's 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 really really interesting that you, you just don't get the time to muck around you have to get that story nailed yeah um, and most um yeah, most picture books these days, everyone has a sort of favourite picture book. If you pick up one like Rodal, for example, they'll be quite wordy compared to the ones these days. You have to try and tell your story. They recommend it to be under 800 words. Um, oh, I love that. Um, but you still have to have your kind of three act structure. Yes. Your, oh my gosh. your rise and fall and your, you know, darkest moment for that character and then the resolution. And um, so that happens in, you know, 12 double page spreads. And it's, it, it's, there's nothing like sort of being really, really picky with what you're saying. And then, you know, picture books are really interesting in the way that they have two audiences. They have to appeal to the adult that's buying them. So the grandparent or the parent, um, and because they're gonna have to read it and sometimes they're gonna have to read it a lot. <laughs> because, <laughs> Uh, you know three and four year olds or two or three year olds and three and four year olds will sometimes latch on to a certain book and want it read constantly <laughs> so um yeah uh it's them and then it's also the kids um and so these illustrations really sort of sell it and that front cover is so important so um and I think now I now come to reading adult um adult fiction in in a, in a different way um oh, yeah. And I think particularly this book, uh, Lessons in Chemistry, I, there are some some bits, I think, that borrow from children's literature um, that really sort of helped me because um, I think books for me are a little bit about escapism as well. Yeah, you know, there, there can be gritty, you know, you can read your gritty fine novels and it's just like the documentaries you see on Netflix and stuff. It's all quite dark and pressing and sad and you know violence yeah. and um or you can read books that sort of take take you into a world that you recognize but it's slightly you know comedic or there is that little bit like in in this book um uh lessons in chemistry one of the characters is is, is a dog uh I love the dog yeah and it's quite inspired because you know obviously dogs are a member of a family as well but you know you know this this dog has a um in a monologue going on all the time is very intelligent and you know he's he's got this whole um dialogue going on in his head and the way it's displayed to the humans is obviously quite 
sim- simplistic, but you yeah. hear what's going on in this dog's head and you hear about his backstory and he's a fully formed canine character. character. Yes. <laughs> okay, so with that in mind, um, I'm going to move us on to actually get into the... Um, to really like talk about the book then because yeah. when you first mentioned this book so I'm I'm going to sound like a broken record on this because this is what my fourth recorded episode or whatever um but I'm really trying and it's not I'm not going to be able to do it for every ep- episode that I read that I that I record um <laughs> I really try and either learn about or listen to or read the book that we're going to discuss and I'm so glad that you picked this book do you want to tell us what this book is about? Ah, uh, so um, I think there was there's quite a lot of hype around this book. Um, it was it's the author's um, debut novel, but it doesn't really read like that. It reads like she's been sort of writing. Well, she has been writing her whole life. The author had a advertising and copywriting background, and um, I think that really comes across actually. But it's the book is about. Um, Elizabeth Sott. Um, it's it's this amazing woman who is a, a chemist, a scientist. She's fiercely intelligent, um, and for her, equality uh, and women's equality is a complete no-brainer. Um, but it's kind of before um, the second wave of, of feminism in in the early sixties. Um, so we basically see the conflict conflict of um, women living in a man's world and being um, second-rate citizens um, and I think I, I heard someone um, or I read another review that describes this book about being um, the lives of the Betty Drapers of the oh. world so you know like Betty Drapers and Mad Men yes um, you know which when I read when I had before I read the book and when I read that description I thought that was really interesting because um, in Mad Men Betty is a frustrated housewife yeah. she is intelligent she's studied she's she's intelligent and um at the end of the series you see her go back um back to college and want to sort of further herself and and use her mind um um and sadly sort of that that never comes to fruition but she that that is what this is tapping into that there there were women with all this all all the attributes and all the ambition and all the intelligence but they they never really got a chance to have these fully fledged careers or um you know if they they didn't want to be a mother and didn't want to be a homemaker they were kind of really still ostracized um and sort of made to feel abnormal yeah no absolutely the um what i what really struck me in this book was just how abrasive the um the inequality and the and the sexism and the and and the and the and the and the patriarchy is it's very as elizabeth comes up against some real challenges yeah um and and those challenges are 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 incredibly abrasive like i think today we talk a lot about microaggressions yeah which are which are which are in themselves very serious. Um, but in this book, because as you said, it's set in the sort of early 60s, um, it's much more abrasive. It's literally in it's in your face. And it's at, at some points it's easy to think that it's exaggerated. 
but I bet that was exactly what it was like yeah at at that time if you were not if you were not a woman who was happy to be in the little box that they wanted to put you in which was a housewife and a mother you know yeah yeah and I I think um there's the book is also about a love story as well which is um so I mean I, I love a good romance um you know, I'm quite quite a softy person, really. Same. And, um, <laughs> and I I love that as well because you've got um, two two scientists in um, uh, in this love story, and both of them are very rational people, very scientific, and and then they can get completely bowled over by um, by each other, and and you know they have to learn how to love each other, and they have to learn that love doesn't make sense and love leads you to do silly things and want to be protective and um you know and then you you learn what it's like um and the book also sort of progresses into a story about grief as well and what it's like to lose the person you love so um yeah there's it's all within this backdrop of the early 1960s but um I think you know that's why it was um so popular because it, it is a love story and it is about grief and there, there are all these um really big storylines and emotions that could talk to you it doesn't it doesn't matter when it was there it was it's those those kind of things those themes are um always relevant yeah no I can I I, I agree I mean because some of the themes like you talk about grief but it's also about motherhood yeah you know and and just talking about the that sort of patriarchal element again when you were talking about the love story what um what i found was this book is also also about how the how the patriarchy can find its way into every interaction we have yeah. even with those that we love the most i think that's yeah. kind of what struck me because the love story is beautiful and like you said it's the, the the characters are i i think the characters are great and they they're quite unique because they are um maybe it's just i haven't read a lot of books that are about scientists you know like the characters yeah. are scientists yeah and, and and so you're right very 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 rash very rational um and so but 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 even as that love story progresses the expectations on elizabeth um they make they make the characters more complex um the, those patriarchal expectations and how they weave it you know weave in like elizabeth's partner wants her to marry him even yeah. though she said no she's like i don't yeah. want to marry you yeah and he's like oh oh come on elizabeth what's wrong and she's like well i don't want my name to change because then my work will be attribu- attributed to you and i don't want my work to be attributed to you and he was like oh like that won't happen yeah he's so naive Calvin Evans I think his name is yeah yeah that's right and I think there is an assumption on his part that she would always want to take his name and that you know you then read on and find out that he has actually taken a step and put her on the deeds of the house that they, they live in and he's put her down under his surname because he assumes that they would get married and she would change her name 
yeah so um and I, I again you know I think that's why one of the things that really appealed to me it's like it, that it reminded me of a conversation I had with my husband when we when we got engaged and um he he one of the things he said to me was like you don't have to take my name you know and um and I was like oh you know that that's great that we've got now come to this point that yeah. um you know maybe men don't assume that they are and you know sometimes I actually do regret <laughs> I have changed I go I go by my um, maiden name in my writing and my, my um I love um, that by the way because yeah. it's yours your writing yeah. is yours yeah and um and you know it's a great name Pinto is it's a great it is a great name it is a great name but um yeah it's 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 really nice I think that that point um sort of really resonates and is it is the fact that there's already so many people assuming that Elizabeth's work in the lab in in Hastings Institute where she's working she's riding off the coattails of um Calvin um you know and there when when she has um colleagues that steal her work you know it's not even um she she can't even defend herself properly because it's just that assumption that someone like her and also a pretty you know beautiful woman could could not possibly have done this on her own so you know to for for a modern woman I think it's there's bits of the book that I still found surprising, even though I know in a way how far we've come. You know, I'd watched Mad Men, I'd seen sort of things, but it, there, there are still things that really shocked in the book. Mm. And um, I think it's really important so uh, that, that we're reminded of these things because, um, um, yeah, in, I think in some so, some realm, you know, the whole Me, me Too movement yeah. happens, but there are echoes of, what was going on in the 1960s that was still happening yeah and and people you know men abusing their positions of power and um so you know it's it's important book about if we don't fight if we don't speak up and fight for our rights do we slide backwards or do we don't we don't unearth where this is still happening yeah Um, you're right I think because I mean I said earlier that you know it, uh, it's very abrasive but actually I think I think you're right because I bet a lot of that stuff still happens we just don't think it happens um so like the me too movement reminded us that this stuff is very much still happening yeah. um and 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 just as a little bit of a um a, a warning for our listeners like in the book there is quite a graphic um sexual assault scene yeah um and that stuff you know that stuff is still going on you're right men men abusing their um their positions of power um and that that hasn't changed yeah you know the 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 amount of well no I just don't think it I just don't think it's changed And, and and I think that's possibly what's so clever about this book yeah. She set it in the 1960s, but actually, I bet a lot of that stuff is really is still going on today. I, I found, uh, you know, when I read that bit, I, I was really shocked. So um, uh, Elizabeth's character, she's working late in the in in uh, at her college, um, and she's assaulted by a, a professor and um, uh, and and raped and 
it's it's shocking and and then i think the author then takes that um and you know she's she is not believed by the campus police they they totally think it is her fault you know what was she doing there working late you know um you know what did she expect kind of thing um and then i think the bonnie the author um shocks again later on when um elizabeth is talking to a work colleague at the hastings institute and finds out that she also left her education and left her college um, degree because she was sexually assaulted. And it, it's get it's it's that sort of um, sucker punch again. It's like, yeah, this wasn't an isolated incident. This doesn't happen. It was happening across the board yeah. um, to women. And then and then you just you, it makes you think about if that was happening in colleges. You know, where were women weren't safe anywhere really in offices in colleges in, in, in you know now I think we we assume that we are safe in professional environments um uh but you know not everyone is so no. so yeah it, it is a real wake-up call and it's shocking um parts of the book that are really shocking but um but you know Elizabeth is such a um strong character that she she kind of uses the thing these things that happen to her to kind of channel it into um survival survival she is she is a complete survivor and um and and kind of wants to then sort of go on and achieve the next thing to kind of say you haven't stopped me you haven't held me back I'm yeah. still gonna carry on yes and she also has she never loses her like her drive to like learn new things and and do things that she hasn't done before um I mean I haven't properly finished the book but up until this point she has not lost that like um she's she learns to row she she builds her own a science lab she then learns how to be a mother um you know she's constantly look she's constantly looking to learn new things yeah I think that's why she's and and it, and it links very well with the fact that she's a scientist she's always solving a problem yes. but I think she loves it yeah yeah I think I think um I think there are times when I I kind of felt and, and this is where I mean it's you have to um I think the author's done such a good job at um making the characters uh you know can't really come alive but we are still reading fiction <laughs> we are still you know she is a bit uh she is a bit of a wonder woman Elizabeth. oh yeah and you kind of think in real life would she you know if this character actually existed you know would anyone actually like her she's um she's quite arrogant at times so she's not always likable and you know you know the idea that she um also starts to row and is is, is very very good at that as well <laughs> Um, you kind of think she might be one of those people that you actually hate slightly <laughs> but um but you know it's that that is it it's when I when I read books or when I read fiction like that I do want to be transported I do want my characters to be larger than life um I do uh, th there are things that happen to Elizabeth that then sort of make her vulnerable um you know and I think throughout the book towards the end you know she she is now she then shows more emotion she um, she loses um, Calvin in a tragic accident and that um, she can't even sort of think about him or talk about him without getting sort of so choked up 
um, she shows her emotion. She acknowledges that she's depressed when she sort of has to, um, or when she finds herself fronting this TV show and she feels like she's left her chemistry career behind. You know, you start to see that she's sort of vulnerable and she has self-doubt and, um, you know, just like just like everybody else. Yeah, and we need that, I think, as readers sometimes. We need to we need to be able to to relate to, to to the character when they are at their most vulnerable I think that is I think that's yeah. really nice as a reader you know I because I agree I read books for escapism um that's why I have a lot of books on my bookshelves that I've that I've that I've half read because I've like uh the book gets to the real crunchy bit you know like it's really intense and there's lots of suspense and I'm just like not in the mood for it yeah <laughs> like I didn't yeah I didn't pick this book up to get to get stressed yeah <laughs> I'm gonna put this down um but but yeah you're right like and again Elizabeth is a complex character so you're right she's not always likable but I think she's an exceptional protagonist I really I really do um but I, I would I would like to circle back to the dog because I yeah. the dog is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I, I I've ever read anything where where you know I think that I've sort of, I might have read a book where the dog is a companion, and um but this this in this book the dog uh, is a member of the fully fledged member of the family, and you know he he is an ex um. He's an ex uh, sniffer dog that was was trained to sniff out uh, bombs and and threats basically. And um, the only thing is, he's scared, really scared of the um, the loud noises and the bangs and everything. So you know, he he gets dumped by his trainer and he gets found by um, Elizabeth and Calvin. And 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 he he kind of completes their little family and. Um, and I, I just, I like the almost um, magical realism that it brings to the the book. I, I love. It's almost like a, a conscience, and and the what the relationship he has with the, with the Elizabeth's daughter is so beautiful. And you know, he's immediately her best friend. You know, immediately wants to protect her. My favorite um, bit was uh, when Elizabeth brings home the baby. Yeah, and the dog. We should say the dog is called Six Thirty because um, the dog followed Elizabeth home one day, and Calvin popped out and was like, "Oh, what's that?" And Elizabeth thought he was asking the time. So she went, "It's six thirty, and so that's what they said. Yeah. Like this dog is now six thirty, and so when Elizabeth brings home the baby, six thirty because he's got an internal monologue. You like you said earlier the whole time, which is beautiful, and I've never read any anything like it where they give a dog a monologue yeah <laughs> but I love it and he goes uh ah oh, welcome 922 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and I was just like I love that I love it I love it a lot yeah and it is it is beautiful and um he he is I think he he pr provides a bit of comic relief at times um it, it, you know he is unfortunately partly well he's he's the reason why Calvin dies um so it's and he's you know you see the one bit it's really interesting because so um there's there's a law passed where they live and all dogs have to um be walked on leads 
and Calvin and Elizabeth never, were never one to really play by the rules. And you see that one time that Elizabeth thinks, oh, you know, maybe we should comply. Um, she buys him a lead. And then that that sort of leads to a walk. And when Calvin is running with the dog and the dog bolts and Calvin gets caught up in the lead and ends up falling and having a fatal accident. But he, um, but that, that kind of point, it almost feels like, see, um, Elizabeth takes that opportunity and is very, you know, plays by the rules and and it massively backfires and was and you kind of think is the is the author hinting there that you know the best thing is sometimes not to comply <laughs> not yeah. to comply you need to do what's right for you they had a very obedient dog that you know didn't need to be walked on the lead um and you know really what 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 bad things would actually happen um but yeah it's I, I, it, it, it felt like maybe the author was having a very subtle way of saying, you know, there are plenty of rules that women should be in, should, or men and women, but, you know, women have to abide to. But what happens if you step outside that? You know, what is, yes. it could be worse if you always stay con- constrained by these rules. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, and I feel currently in the context we are living in, where you know there's lots of strikes happening and all this kinds of stuff yeah. I think it's very it's a very poignant message yeah you know it's 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 sometimes you sometimes you really mustn't just do what you're told and stick with the rules yeah. um yeah no I I think it's a very very key message and very relevant currently um so so we've touched we've touched on this a little bit already but I was wondering if you could maybe boil it down a bit, just to, just just as to why you chose this piece. You said it was one of your favorite, your recent favorites, because the book is fairly new. Um, but you did also mention earlier that you know you're thinking about maybe chatting about white teeth. So I was I was wondering why why you decided to choose this piece. Um, I think I've always been drawn to books with really strong female characters um as protagonists um yeah so it didn't surprise me that I really enjoyed this book um and I think it it was I, I think it's got a slightly comedic almost dark humor about it as well um so yeah I think that's it I, I wanted to be entertained um I have such I have such little time to read these days I want it to be really special when I do and um I think this book had such good reviews I thought oh you know I, I think I'm not taking too much of a risk I think I'm going to get entertained I think I'm going to get really drawn into it um and I was I had been a fan of Mad, Mad Men and that kind of early 1960s um, time it's um it's really interesting because my I mean my my parents don't would have kind of grown up during that time as well they don't massively talk about it. Um, my mother-in-law actually was, um, you know, really enjoyed the 60s <laughs> and um, had a great time uh, partying in Liverpool in the 60s. And she would talk about that a bit more. But, yeah, there's a tendency to reminisce and not necessarily bring up what the bad points were. Yeah. Um, and, um, but, you know, it's... She, she, my mother-in-law would also sort of talk about how difficult it was when she became a mother and um I, when I was reading sections of the book some of the things that she told me about you know 
being on our own in the house with, with a young baby and just being left to it and basically not knowing what to do. Yeah. And um, it, it it reminded me of that. So, yeah, it was it was the the jaw was that sort of time era as well. Um, you know, I think understanding why um, the second wave fe- feminist movement happened and this this because this story is set just before that you you get the feeling of why women were angry, frustrated, yeah. upset. Um, you know, uh, why they wanted things to change. Yeah. So it's it's easy sort of now looking back, you can sort of look at the history, but you don't get that sense of what was it like for day to day for a normal woman living in those times. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's it's like one of those things you might sort of find out later that they went on the marches and things like that, but you you don't know what it was like for them in the house, you know, what led up to yeah. that. So yeah. yeah, that's what really appealed to me. Oh, I love that. Um, and just something you said reminded me of one of the characters that um, it's for, for me is quite new because I think I've still got like seven hours of this book left. Right. <laughs> um, it's Elizabeth Zott's friend Harriet, who lives across the street. Um, and because Elizabeth, because of Calvin's death, Elizabeth spends a lot of her time at home by herself. Um, there is a really strong narrative around her like figuring out how to be a mum and and the challenges that come with that I think especially because she's alone but then that that kind of parallels that like sits alongside the story of Harriet who has a very traditional home life she she is a mum a housewife to she's a mum of four um, and she makes it very clear that she doesn't love her husband and he is you know he's I'm not sure he's got any redeeming qualities really (laughs) he's you know he's like he's a he's a big perv he he's he's an alcoholic he um you know he's she describes him being like quite gross um but it's it 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 just gives you nuggets of 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 that that of, of like it gives you little nuggets of 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 what that example what an example might might have been you know yeah. what a life could look like as a housewife yeah. in yeah. in the early 1960s and i mean if i was harry i would be pissed yeah. <laughs> I, I, I you think know it's really interesting cuz i i sort of remembering being being a, a little that's probably two months since I finished the book and, and the bits that are sticking in my head but Harriet really resonated with me as well and um, because um yeah so a lot of women back then that that was their lot and that, that they were kind of stuck in that marriage and um in a way leaving wasn't an option because they they didn't financially they didn't have any means to leave they didn't have a job um you know the house wasn't in their name you know they couldn't just they couldn't have a bank account in your own name I think back then so you know it was it was really really hard to leave and when Elizabeth then employs Harriet to come and look after her daughter and you know Harriet loves it it's the first time she has had um had her own money and she she you see that spark she has that money she she starts thinking about well this is for me and this is no one can take this away and um yeah she she gets to be outside of the house her house as well 
and part of somebody else's life and um that's really important for her so you kind of get a sense of um i think the 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 author was isn't hitting you over the head with it but you're getting that sense of there is value in in why well why working gives you gives you um value and gives you that sense of you're not just a wife and a mother um you are something else to other people as well and you have that you know it gives you something that work gives you something paid work gives you something that you might not have had before yeah yeah um yeah absolutely so i'm i'm interested because you 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 read this fairly recently yeah yes um i usually ask my lovely guests to talk to me about kind of the initial impact the book had on them and like where they were in their life when they read it obviously you read it quite recently but I'm still sort of keen to know what your what that initial essentially when you put the book down you know what was that initial like oh that was amazing like that initial yeah. impact like what was that for you um I so I so what I wrote in my book, book journal was um, you know, it's to the modern woman, this book is a reminder of how far we've come in women's equality, but also how far we still have to go. Yes. Um, because there was so many things um, that sort of resonated that, um, you know, in, in a sense, you know, we do have laws that protect us in the workplace now. You 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 can go to university. Um, you know, I would say, you know, you, we, we don't necessarily feel um unsafe in a learning environment um but you know women still feel unsafe about walking alone at night on their own yeah. um women still feel like they might get blamed if they are sexually assaulted that in some way was their fault um you know you still get that those comments she was asking for it or what she's thinking of and that kind of thing um we we still we have so um just after i um finished the book uh, at the start of this month we had international women's day you know the fact that we have international women's day shows that um we we still need to think about women's equality and um yeah thinking about the difference between equality and equity so yes yes we have um which that was the theme this year for this uh, sorry the uh, International Women's Day this year, it was all about thinking about the difference between equality and equity. So yes, we have laws protecting us in the workplace, but why are women still not climbing into senior positions? So, um, you know, it, it made me think about, well, we, we still don't have a level playing field. We still, you know, we've been hearing today, we don't have the childcare in place to allow women to work properly. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's estimated that 43,000 women left the workplace last year um, to look after children. Oh, my because gosh. Because there is a childcare problem in this country and um, it doesn't impact on men in the same way. Um, so, yeah, you know, what, what needs to be in place for women to succeed? We are not fully there yet. We need we need systems that work with our biology, you know, acknowledge that, yes, we do need time out to have the children, but then you know how do we in, in scandinavian countries they've got affordable childcare. it's it's seen as parenting is a two-person two-person job um you know so both partners whether they're same sex or or, or different genders um 
are parenting that child and can flex the um the rights to do so so um you know you get you get to sort of step back in time with this book and look at uh how far we've come but there's still it, it's it made me stop and think actually about you know things about but like that um it made me think about why did I change my name when I got married you know maybe I I shouldn't have um it's a, a totally outdated concept um you know so and it, and it was really weird because my husband was like oh yeah I wasn't bothered you know you could have kept it <laughs> we just think and, yeah and we just think that that's you know, what we need to do yeah and that's great and it made, made me also feel lucky that you know we we um you know he's looking at whether he can reduce his hours at work at the moment to um be more present for the children and um help with the childcare issue that we have on Fridays and I was just like you know in that respect things things are changing but you know it's not the same for every family um uh in the UK it's 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 different you know um but um yeah it it it, it just made it really did make me sort of sit down and think um oh wow you know we need um, you know, people like Elizabeth Zott should be totally celebrated. And we have some great, amazing female scientists in this country. And, you know, I think it's brilliant that, for, for example, the um, the scientists that worked on the coronavirus vaccine, you know, there was a, a I've forgotten her name now, but she was, uh, she was honoured, you know, for playing her part. And, and you think we don't, we don't make in, enough fuss about women in these sort of male dominated industries either. correct yeah um, I don't think we do no um and it is you know we still I think it's still sort of at schools girls tend not to want to go into those um science maths and engineering type um jobs so yeah it made me it made me sort of stop and think um yeah you know there's there's the women still need to fight <laughs> we still need to move we still need um we're not we're not quite there yet things have changed but and also it made me think about me as a mum as well being a mum to two young boys that it's um you you can't support women unless you have supportive men so um yeah. it, it did I mean I'm, I, I worry about everything when it comes to being a mum but one of the things, you know, you hope is that they have respect uh, uh, for women and that they, you know, they they know that women can do nearly everything that a man can do. And, um, yeah, you, you know, slowly it creeps in. And, you know, it, I mean, my son was saying the other day about, um, uh, you know, oh, who, who, who'd kicked that ball against the wall and left the muddy mark at the school? And I said, oh, it might have been some girls or boys playing football and he said to me oh, I think it was I think it was boys mummy because girls don't play football and I was like yes they do <laughs> yes they do and oh, yeah, said, said to my husband you need to talk to your son <laughs> and I was like about you know all these and I was like Luke you've seen the girls playing football you know you watch the Euro yeah. final with us <laughs> you know they play football the, it's, the, it's, the women brought it home yes exactly <laughs> So, but it, it is that it is it is that thing. It's exactly you know, he doesn't he's he's getting that from me at home, getting corrected or told you know, all of that. But um, he's in other environments. It's still not seen, 
so and you don't have control over those environments no. you know he goes yeah. to school um you know you, you don't know the conversations he's hearing on the playground and those conversations come from other families and yeah. and and it's still very we're still very binary in the way that we view human beings their roles yes. you know that's and it I, I'm still fascinated by things like gender reveal parties and yeah. you know is it going to be a blue or a pink <laughs> you know it and it, it's just it, it it's grass it it comes from the very beginning um and so yeah I, I I I I I think I can appreciate just how just how wild it can be as a parent to be like right I've got this I've got this I know what I'm going to teach my kid oh oh what what no 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 that's not what you're supposed to no why are you saying that like no 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 I I didn't tell you to say that you know like almost like it's coming at you from every angle you don't really know what to do yourself but that's it's just the world it's just you know we still live in a world that is very um very set set in in, in how it categorizes people yeah. especially yeah. men and women yeah yeah so um, yeah it's 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 it made me stop and think this book and and when it, it it has a really good resolution with the characters so I think one of the other things I really liked in the book is that all the people that are a bit uh shady so Elizabeth Elizabeth's uh boss at the Hastings Institute um the uh the people who or the the bishop that is involved in running the children's home or cow thing and is uh is brought up um you know all of them that have done sort of shady things in the past all get slight come 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 up and and um you're kind of I, I like how the author kind of makes you know that that you know they get what they deserve in the end yeah um, but I didn't want the book to finish I, you know <laughs> I didn't I kind of then started thinking about Elizabeth's daughter and because she's raised a strong the strong sort of single mum as she was in in the early 60s has raised this amazing daughter and you just think oh well oh you know maybe there could be a spin-off book about her daughter because she was bound to go off and do great things um so you know it it was I didn't want it to end when it when it ended but um everything had sort of been neatly tied up so I suppose that happened <laughs> <laughs> and and I think a lot of people look for that in a book as well especially if it's escape escapism right like yeah. you because some of those rubbish like some of those rubbish characters are really rubbish yeah. um and so I'm glad to know that they that they get their comeuppance I'm excited to listen to the rest of the book yes. yeah. um yeah okay brilliant I mean it's I, I again I'm I'm so glad that you that you picked this book it, it uh it it's it's helped us to have this conversation right now with and and in the wake of international women's day and um you know like you said all the all the the massive issues we have with childcare and these conversations are going on and so it's great that we have this a book like this which is still relevantly still quite new um and is so popular i think there is an assumption sometimes that the most po like the super popular books don't really live up to their hype yeah but I feel like this one does yeah 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 I was I was almost waiting to be disappointed <laughs> at yeah. first and um yeah I have heard that they are turning it into um 
um, Apple TV show. Uh, oh, wow. So I think they've already started filming it. So, um, again, it didn't surprise me when when uh, sort of I heard that because I think those they they were kind of made for screen the characters they have that um sort of beautiful quality polished um but there is there is so much drama and there's a, sort of when when you're learning to write as well whether it's for children or adults it's all about the conflict and this book has conflicts between the characters but the big the biggest conflict is you know women in society and the patriarchy that exists at the time that is at the core of this book that is uh, the conflict and so that going back to what we were talking about before I think that is what I sort of sat there and thought about afterwards like this is still going on yeah. there's still conflict there and and then conflict is what sort of makes and breaks a good story really so yeah um and all it's... the characters have to sort of have found uh have to have to be changed by it by the end of the story and and you know they have that so yeah you're so right so yeah, I, I'm constantly getting little writing tips for myself <laughs> doing this podcast. It's so good. Um, yeah, it sounds like, dare I say it, that this book maybe felt quite inspirational in the yeah. way that it impacted on you. Because I think, I do think there's always so many problems that we hear about at one at one time. Like you open a news app and there are about 500 stories of of terrible things all going on at once. And so I do find that sometimes you can feel like you're drowning in the bad stuff and it's hard to care about certain things yeah and that's why I think stories like this are so important because they they draw you in they put you there and then and then they 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 make you care about something in a world where everything's going wrong yeah you know so I I, I feel like almost it's it's inspirational for like the activist in people you know yeah hopefully it can it can encourage people to take a more, as Tanya Todd would say, yeah. be more active, active in their activism yeah. um, in this realm. I, I think it's great, actually, because um, the, I think the character, Elizabeth Sott, wouldn't probably describe herself as a feminist because she just believes in equality and she she is such a she believes in science <laughs> yeah. and she believes that, you know, she is a scientist. She constantly throughout the book describes herself as a scientist yeah and um I think you know there's something quite wonderful about that that uh being so sure about what it is you were put on this earth to do and um sort of sticking with it and I said that that is very inspirational it is it is very inspirational okay so with all of that in mind who do you think should read this who do you think might might benefit from reading this um so yeah it's when I had a little bit of think about this I I uh I wrote down I think it's it, this this book has been written for um maybe the modern modern woman uh or modern girl that's uh sitting behind their computer screens in their office quietly seething thinking they could do the job better <laughs> than, yes. uh, than some of the men in in the more senior positions around them um and I do I do think you know sort of, you know I think it, it applies to the women shaking their heads at the politicians um, yeah. that are sort of leading this country at the moment. It's, it's you know, you, and it's, I think it's also, it is, um, 
it's also like a handbook I think for young women as well so I mean I'm not sure you'd get many men reading this book but um, I'd love it if like for example my husband wants to read it because I think anything that gives him massive insight into how women think and why they're angry yeah really helpful so what you're saying is men should uh, read it even though they might read it yeah they might they might not read it but they should (laughs) publishers are not really aiming at men they are definitely I I think I think the demographic on this is really interesting because I think it would appeal to young women in their early 20s and you know I've read it and I'm in my 40s and really inspired by it it's made me want to have conversations with my mum about things and you know kind of it's made me realize actually um because I I had a mum that was working when um back in the 80s when I was at school um uh when you know a lot of mums weren't and and when she fell pregnant with my sister and I am I'm a twin she got put on bed rest and and her her work actually couriered work back to the house from London to Hampstead because that's where they were living at the time um for her to do and then send a courier to pick it up and bring it back really she was was doing working from home in you know 1979 she pioneered it but it just goes to show with the right attitude it can be done absolutely (laughs) um and uh yeah it it's 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 i think it's inspiring i think women from 25 upwards um would really get a better understanding for the older women in the older generation where they come from how hard they've sort of battled through and um you know my mum might have stayed in the same job for you know 27 years but she uh she she loved that job she was good at it and um you know she stuck it out um it, make, it makes me really proud of, her, proud of her and it makes me really grateful to the sort of the women that came before my generation that they sort of battled through a lot of the things when it comes to women at work and and barriers to to actually be in the workplace and getting paid the same um, and getting opportunities um but yeah it's it's yeah it's it's um I think it it, it resonates with mums it resonates with because um, the theme of motherhood and when Elizabeth becomes a mum it's so relatable so relatable I think every single mother of every generation sort of feels like Elizabeth when they become a mum it's so timeless I felt that bit of the book she she really nailed it the author yeah um and um yeah I just think it's it's got a really big wide demographic appeal and I think even even someone who doesn't maybe class themselves as, as a feminist would kind of sit back and think wow you know women have had to battle against things and this is why um there is a valiant cry I think if you if you do have an interest in feminism this is going to tick a lot of boxes for you this book yeah yeah and if you don't read it anyway is yeah what saying. if you don't then you'll find <laughs> out why yeah why, then read it <laughs> why other women have sort of yeah. taken it on as a battle and you know want to change things yeah perfect oh, thank you so much for for letting me chat about this book with you it's I've just had um I've had a great time chatting with you um but before I let you go um would you mind telling our listeners where they can find you perhaps yes so you can find me on Instagram um which is the best place um I'm 
at Nicola underscore Pinto underscore writes. Um, but yeah, if you put in Nicola Pinto writes, you'll probably find me. Um, you will see there, you will see pictures of the book journal that I've referred to several times. Yes, <laughs> going to get myself one of those. Uh, I'm on, <laughs> I am on Twitter as well at Nicola P underscore writes. Um, as well and you'll find me championing a lot of children's books um particularly ones that uh show lots of diversity so um and yeah you'll probably see me um telling you about lots of things that i cook as well <laughs> yes way. yes give us that give us that dinner inspiration um <laughs> i could i could look at recipes and pictures of food all day long so that sounds great <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay brilliant and I'm going to make sure that all of that information is in the show notes as well um, and before I let our lovely listeners go I will remind everybody that this podcast is part of the Fem On Collective um, and you can find more information about Fem On at Fem On Collective um, and I'm also on Instagram at Jess the underscore Davies although I keep getting that wrong so I'll put that in the show notes too um but yeah thank you again Nicola for chatting with me today it's been so wonderful and I have loved learning more about you and your aspirational children's book writing and all the reasons you love this book so thank you oh, thanks for having me Jess